chapter 2. Last week, we did Ecclesiastes chapter 1, and as you Bible scholars know, chapter 2 comes right after that. And so, I may have to throw some reminders at you about last week. Uh, By and by. Chapter 2, though, of the book of Ecclesiastes, not the whole thing, but a chunk of it, starting at the top, it reads as follows. Writer says, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this was also vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad. And of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted them in all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forests of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house and also had great possessions of herds and flocks more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done, and the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and a striving after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. And believe it or not, these are the inspired words of God. They're just some of them, though. So, you know, everything has its context. We will say more about that. The title of this message could be, You Can Have It All! Or You Might Have Had It All, if you're like this guy. And it sounds, that sounds sort of like, a, like the title of a great commencement speech for this time of year. This is the graduation season, as we were saying earlier, talking about graduates. And, I mean, you can have it all would be a really positive, uplifting kind of speech that might be given. Ever listen to clips or parts of, you know, the big commencement speeches? Every spring, all the schools have big you know, ceremonies, and they have commencement speeches, and they'll invite people. And the big, big schools, a lot of them, you know, they will invite people who are of note, sometimes graduates of that school, who went on to be big shots in some field or another. Maybe not always that's the case. Politicians often, you know, invited to give these things. Titans of industry, important people, um, even entertainers and comedians and people, come and are invited to give those, or famous athletes do it too. And 
there have been over the years some of the strangest choices of who gets to come, who is invited to give commencement speeches. I was just looking at, uh, you know, the last several years, some of the examples of uh, figures invited to give commencement speeches. And one of them, I noticed, even was, wasn't even a, pers- a person. It was a fictitious character. Um, I mean, you know, when you're graduating, who else would you like to hear from, of course? I mean, I don't know about you. Your graduation, if you remember it, whoever gave the commencement, I mean, was it a puppet? Was it a Muppet? Right? Hermit E. Frog. Giving the commencement speech. Thank you very much. I'll be here all morning. That's pretty wild. Here's some others, though. Um, Theodore Geisel gave a speech, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss. Had some nice rhyming lines about his the graduates and you know the places they'll go and so on. Bill Nye, the so-called science guy. Another commencement speaker was Kanye. Do I have, do I have to say his last name? I don't think so. Um, there was, of course... Flo, the progressive insurance girl, invited to give. I don't even know if she was recognized outside of the white shirt and blue writing. There was, of course, Schwarzenegger, in which case I don't have to say the first name, and you know who gave that. Now, I will say that he was a governor. So, I mean, you know, that if you were a big-shot Hollywood person and the governor, then I can see how you'd be invited, right? Get out there and do it. And if you don't pass your finals, you'll be back. <laughs> there was a movie director, Christopher Nolan. There was the rapper known as Common. Mr. Rogers gave a speech before his death. That was probably nice. That was probably very uplifting, very lovely. There was Herbie Hancock. Does anybody even remember who heard <laughs> some of you? If you were above a certain... I don't know if the graduating kids of the last 10... 15 years would have known. I do know what music he probably came out to when they introduced him. Right? Anybody? That's the, that's the only reason the guy's even known, isn't it? The instrumental song in the 80s? Herbie Hancock getting invited. There was the Dalai Lama. Now that's an impressive booking, really, for your commencement to get the Lama himself. Right? Twelfth son of the Lama. Flowing robes. All of it. Right? Big hitter, the Lama. You know what he said probably to them. Gunga Lagunga. According to... Nobody... Anybody? Gunga Lagunga? Huh? Jeremy? Nothing? Big hitter, the Lama. Anyway, so those students had that going for them, which is nice. Um, Dolly Parton gave a commencement speech. you got to like... Got like Dolly. There was actor Matthew McConaughey. That was probably the University of Texas. I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing, right? All right, all right, all right, students. Get out there and do it. Don't forget to take it easy. Don't work too hard. Remember to take advantage of, you know, those um, certain medicinal tools to help you relax. It's all legalized now. So, By the way, another commencement speaker was Jerry Springer. 
what kind of school invites Jerry? Now, he was, I guess, the mayor of Cincinnati once upon a time. But still, everyone knows him for one thing only. Years ago, a school actually invited Jerry Springer to give their commencement address, which, as I understand it, halfway through the address, a surprise guest came out from behind the curtain to reveal to all the graduates that the president of the university was actually their father, and then a big fight broke out. Not really. Well, even in this recent year of 2022, I'll just list some of the... This, so this just happened, or it's happening this week or whenever. Sometime around right now, here are some commencement speakers. So Dartmouth had NFL quarterback Russell Wilson, now of the Denver Broncos. Harvard had the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Emory University had movie maker Tyler Perry. I wonder if he came as Medea or anyway. Um, Loyola had former head coach Sean Payton of the Saints. Uh, Gallaudet University had the Apple CEO Tim Cook. New York Law School had Judge Judy. Marquette invited NBA former NBA star Dwayne Wade, or as the Heat announcer in the games always said. Dwayne Wade! Every time he scored, New England Institute of Technology had the Fonz. Henry Winkler. Huh? Big thumbs up to the graduates. Hey, you did it. Hey. Smithfield College had tennis legend Billie Jean King. University of Florida invited Tim Tebow. That makes perfect sense. NYU had Taylor Swift. Princeton invited Dr. Anthony Fauci, who I'm sure told them that as you go out there in life, just remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, always remember to wear four masks because you never know. <laughs> uh, Penn University invited documentarian Ken Burns, who, I don't know if he did this, but he might have gone ahead and just had his commencement speech dramatically Narrated by Peter Coyote. Uh, University of Delaware, of course, had the president, who's from there. So Biden came to the University of Delaware. So they got a um, rousing, another installment of man versus teleprompter. I think if they had guts, they'd just let him freelance. Just let, let him freelance the whole thing, improv style. Well, you know, you, you think about all this going on, all these commencements taking place, and all these important people come to talk to graduates. And, you know, if you've heard some of them, then you know that they tend to say more or less the same kinds of things, don't they? Most, mostly the same. It's motivational. Um, it's usually uplifting. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a you can do it, or as Dale prefers me to say it, you can do it, right? They tell them, go get them, you know, chase your dreams, follow your... Goals and ambitions, remember where you came from, remember to give back. They're trying to inspire them, and hopefully they'll inspire the next generation, all that stuff. And all that's good advice, that's kind of what it is. So I was thinking, what if, what if the wise teacher, Koheleth, remember, the man of Ecclesiastes, the great king, thought to be Solomon, some scholars say, oh, I don't think so, great and wise man, preacher, teacher, coming to give your commencement. What if... Knowing what we know from this book, what if he were the one giving? I think, I think a more honest title than uh, You Can Have It All, which I said earlier. Based on what we just saw in chapter 2, a more honest title would probably be You Can Have It All, maybe, I did, 
But you know, so what? In the end, you know, I really was unfulfilled by all of it. It's kind of a long and unwieldy title. But that's kind of what it would seem like to me based on what we just read. I mean, he's talking about everything he had, everything he did, and it is an impressive list. Isn't it fairly impressive, all those things? So let's just break it down. Here's a list. Here, here it is basically listed, the things we saw in those verses from Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Just a list of things, a small compendium. I think I got most of them in there, the things he talked about that he was able to enjoy in life that not everybody is, but he was a great, wealthy, wise king of the entire land. So he was afforded anything and everything, and he just listed several of the things. I mean, food and drink are very basic, right? He could he could have any of the foods he would like to have, and he could enjoy all the wine that he wanted. He could just sit there and swill it day and night if that's what he wanted to do. Um, laughter, fun times, good times. I mean, he ha- he could afford just sitting around, having good old times, laughing it up. He didn't have to work. He could have all the laughter and fun that he wanted. All the great works that he says that he did. He did things. He built stuff. He built a lot of stuff. He accomplished a lot of things. He had all those fantastic, wonderful gardens and all those parks. Right? He talks about his great vineyards that he had. I mean, this is all top-of-the-line recreational facilities that he had constructed, that he could enjoy because he had all that wealth, all that treasure he mentioned, the silver, the gold, not to mention all that livestock, which essentially was wealth in the day. Big houses full of servants. He says, I could have slaves. Now, of course, it wasn't like uh, slavery like we think of. It, it wasn't part of the uh, you know uh, 19th century or 17th century and before that, even trading of people from other kinds. It was, it was, you know, the kind that existed in the ancient world. Periods that we've gone through all that. Periods of but you know, it meant that you're rich. You've got all these people. You've got big estates, so that you need staff to work them. That is real wealth. Not only that, entertainment. He says, I hired singers, because you know, he had he. There was no Spotify for him if he wanted to enjoy music. Back in the ancient world, if you wanted music, it had to be live music. No recording possible. So you want music? It's got to be live music. Well, who can afford that? Who can afford live? I mean, whoever all your favorite singers, bands, and groups are, I don't know how many of you have the means to fly them in when you just want to hear their music. But that's what he could do. He had great stature. He was important. When he when he strolled through the community, I mean, people probably bowed. They recognized him. They backed off. They made way. I mean, you know, he's a big, big shot. He's the king. The ladies, all the ladies. He, we know the story of Solomon, okay? Because he's got the money. He's got the means. He's got the talent. He's got it all. And so the ladies like it. He's just got it. Got it all. He listed it all. Now, all of these things together would comprise an amount of stuff, an amount of, today what we call privilege in many ways, of so few people. I mean, think about all all of those things. Who would enjoy that? We're talking about like 0.003% of the population of the world could say what he says here. I mean, vanishingly few people on planet Earth ever really would be able to say, I have had all of this. So he's in a rare position that we, frankly, will never be in. 
We can hypothetically say, why, if I struck it rich, here's what I would do. Here's what I would do with all of that. I would bless the world. I would be faithful to God. I would use it for the good, blah, blah, blah. We, we say that. I hope we mean that. But it's still going to be, for the great, great, great majority of all of us, purely hypothetical. The old joke they always told is that, you know, if you did have it all, like the less than 1%, why, it wouldn't make you happy. But the joke is, well, I'm, well, I'm ready to find out for myself. Go ahead, Lord. Test me. Test me with great wealth. I'm ready for the test. Bring it on. Here's a question. Is the great teacher, is the wise man saying in this passage that these things, that all these things are evil? Is he saying that these things are bad things? They've just got you know, inherent evil in them. Maybe what he's saying is, all of you out there, here's, your, here's my advice to you. My commencement speech, the wise man says, shun all these goods of the world. Shun them all. Shun them all. Live like monks. That's the true way. You ought to forsake it all. Live the simplest. You ought to have minimal food, just enough to stay alive, just barely enough to keep yourself alive. Own nothing. Have no home. Because, you know, that way you're not attached to anything in the world. Have no fun. No fun. Right? Keep that frown on at all times. Avoid society. Stay out of the public. Avoid all people. No relationships. Those entanglements are dangerous, distracting. No relationships. It's just you and God in the desert alone. No attachments to the world. That's, that's what the most austere monks of history would thought that they ought to do. And in and, and of course in, in other kinds of religions, some people would adopt that as well. Right? That's sort of a that's sort of an ancient Buddhist way of thinking too. No attachments. Deta- oh attachments. So attachments are evil. Is that what this guy's saying? Is that the word of wisdom from this text? Have none of these things. I had these things. It didn't work out for me. They, none of these things paid off. Therefore, not a bit of these. Well that is of course not what this text says, not what this larger book says, not what the entirety of Scripture says. It just doesn't say that. We don't see that in the Law and the Prophets. We don't see that in any of the other writings in the Psalms. And the, Jesus doesn't say, say that in his teachings. The apostles don't teach us that. So that is not the lesson here. These things are not inherently evil. Now, we read chapter 1 last week. We read chapter 2 today. And so, based on just those, if we knew nothing else, if we just took those, we would say, well, I die. whatever he's saying, I don't think it's that. It's not that. I don't see this wise, I don't see him repenting of all that that he was given. I don't see him in repentance for, for having had it. I don't see him here even talking about how tempting and idolatrous it was, though that is true. From all of Scripture, we know that, of course, these things are all potentially really dangerous. Of course, all these things tempt. Of course, all these things, you want to worship these things. Of course, all these things ensnare people, and the enemy uses all these things to take people in, to hold them captive. We know that, but even that isn't what he's saying in this particular passage, is it? Even though that's true. 
That's not his main point here. No, as much as it is true that these things can be a burden, and that, as Jesus said, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom, not because God didn't like rich people, but because they don't like God enough. It's the other way around. It's not that God stiff arms them. They're just more likely to stiff arm him. Because they got all their goods. What, I, don't need, I don't need that crutch. After all, didn't you read what I said? I got it all already. I don't need that. That's for you people. That's for the little people. You needy, needy people need God in your life. But I don't. No, see, even though those things, that, that, that is always a problem and always a temptation, this little message, if it were his commencement, wouldn't really be that main point. It would be something, if we summarized his message so far and in chapter 2, it would be something closer to this. It would be something closer to, the, to him saying something like, however much, graduates and all of you, however much of the good things of life that you were given any of these things, and maybe some things not on this list, however much of it you get, just don't expect more of those things than they're meant to deliver. Don't expect too much of those things. Take those things for what they are. Take them as they are for what they are. They're little gifts to you. Be thankful for those things. But don't make the mistake of expecting some kind of ultimate fulfillment or satisfaction from those things. Because take it from me, they can't give that to you. I would know. I tried real hard. Now I'm looking back on it and I'm saying, hmm, yeah, the payoff just wasn't quite there. And you see, that's the level, that's the leveling of the playing field in a way, because you might say to yourself, I can never have all that. That's for the lucky ones. Poor me. But you see, everybody can enjoy the small gifts that you get living in the world. Everybody can. You don't have to have all of them. You get plenty of them. What you might call the passing enjoyments of life. I mean, and it can be the tiniest things. Sort of the gratitude thing. We, people talk about this a lot. Even the secular world. You should have gratitude. It's true. It's harder to do it. It's easier to say it. It's good on a bumper sticker. It's kind of harder to apply, but I mean, it's the tiniest things. I'll tell you, you know, first thing this morning, I had a cup of coffee, and man, it was a good cup. It's a fine cup. I mean, you know, I roasted it myself. It's from a little farm in Colombia called Santa Barbara. They, they do a natural processing, kind of has that fruity flavor. I mean, I enjoyed every sip of it. How about you? How about you? You have a, what? Yeah. I mean, did you have... Okay, somebody here maybe had a donut that they thought was just exquisitely good. Better than most. Really hit the spot. There's nothing wrong with that. You might have been listening to a song on the way to church and you thought, man, I love this song. This is my jam. I love it so much. What a great song. I think I'll play it again. And you really enjoyed that song. Small thing, little thing, little tiny thing, little piece of music. All that stuff. You got all that stuff? We have not come into here this morning to repent of all those things. Repent! Now there, especially if it was just one donut. Now there is a number of donuts that, you know, there is a limit there. You might repent if you had too many, but now for the most part, 
I don't feel bad about enjoying my coffee. You should feel bad about enjoying that donut. Listen to all those little tiny things. See, you get all that. But I'm not rich. You'll have to be rich. See, we don't repent of enjoying those things. On the other hand, what if we came in here to this room and we testified about those things? That music, the food we like, the car we got to buy, we enjoyed driving it around, whatever. What if we came in here and we testified to each other that those things are our all in all? Our reason for living, that that's what, but those are our hope, our greatest treasure. We could sing, we, we could have, we could sing great hymns and, and praise songs to, to all those things. Rick could be back there singing hymns about the fish that he caught. We, you know what I mean? Everybody here, you'd just be loving it. You'd be, you'd be praising those things. Well, that's ridiculous. I could come up here and expound, on, you know, on a great sermon on the wonderful taste of the great donut and so on. Look, that's that's silly talk. See, because when we, what happens? We come in when we come in here every week. Among other things, it serves as a reminder every week. It serves as a reminder of what the wise man of God teaches in chapter 2, which is that everything we have, everything we do, everything we enjoy or accomplish all week long, it's great, but it is ultimately not our basis for our lives. It's not our primary place where we find our value and fulfillment. And we're reminded of that here, because when we come in here... We're not focused on these things. When we come in here, who gets? what's the object? Who gets all that praise? God gets all that praise. All those songs are directed upward. All those words we read are about God. All those teachings and everything we talk about, it's about God and the God-centered life and the perspective that God... So then, so then we're reminded. But then, you know, we go back out and then it's like, yeah, all that stuff we have again. See, we can rank all the other things however. However you do your top ten, however you rank your two through ten... Maybe there's some debate there, but you better get number one right. Make sure number one is right. That's where our songs and our prayers and our lessons and our sermons are pointing. That's what reminds us. And so the wise teacher, you know, in the end of his book, he gets to this point. We didn't read it here, but if you go on and read further, chapter 12, he gets around to this. He says, remember your creator in the days of your what? Youth. Ah, see, now here's his word to the grads. You youngsters, he says, remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble. Some translations say evil or adversity. Before the days of trouble come and the years approach, when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. See, what happens if you get your priorities wrong and then that stuff doesn't pay off? is then you try to get all your fulfillment from all the good things in the world. And ironically, you end up unable to enjoy those things. The old saying somebody said once that uh, you spend half your life trying to get everything you want and the rest of it trying to want everything you got. So you could get it all, worship it all, prioritize it all, worship, you know, think idol, make idols of it, and the sad paradox of it then is that you end up having to work real hard to like it. You have to talk yourself into how great it is. Because deep down, you realize what the wise man realized, which is, huh, yeah, this didn't quite, uh, didn't quite hit the spot for me like I thought it would. 
Because in the end, you know, this stuff is passing. This stuff is fleeting. And you know that because life itself is. Because life itself is. Everything. Ah, your good health, man, it ain't going to last. Just ask those great athletes, right? Just ask, just ask Carrie about her cardinals she loves so much. Ah, the great ones of the past. Where are they now? Well, they might still be alive. They might be enjoying their life. But they can't go out there and... Ozzie Smith can't go out there and field those balls at shortstop anymore. Is he still alive, by the way? Yes. Okay. Right. I bet Ozzy can't even do those backflips anymore out there. I mean, you know why? Because he got old. Because that's a short... Being the best. Being the best and enjoying. Like, look how I was given this great gift of athleticism. I'm not saying I personally, even though, you know, I, 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 can, I would like to lie to you all this time and say I was one of the great athletes in my prime because you don't know any better. But you see, you see it passes in my prime. How long's your prime? Short. So, so if any of those persons... Achieving those great accomplishments, and they're great. They should, they should thank God. Thank God, I'm, I was given the ability to do this better than most people. But if that's your all in all, I mean, like that's over tomorrow. Better be something else. Better be something else. Perspective matters. You know, there are some people in this room who appreciate a pain-free day. You really appreciate. You're thankful for a pain-free day. Others of you in here think. Huh? Because it's not occurred to you to be thankful for, because you've just always been pretty pain-free, so like that's just not something that's crossed your mind. But it might. All perspective. It's all perspective. Sometimes I see, uh, you see immigrants who come over here and they got a job that maybe you think I wouldn't really like that job, but they love that job, and they're working that counter at 7-Eleven and they're managing that place and they're just perfectly happy. And, you're, and some, you know, some people raised around here might be, well, you know, I wouldn't want that job. You know why they like that job? Perspective, friend, because they came over here and they said, what do you know? I got a place where the laws actually apply and I'm free to go apply for work. And as long as I show up, I work, I find a fulfillment, I can manage that place. I got steady income. I don't got the authorities coming to my door. I don't have to worry about what might happen. I don't have crime running rampant. Uh, you know, organized, taking part of my pay, and I'm not have to. You know, there's there's a stability here. I can enjoy it. I can work hard. I got a, I can afford stuff. I got a car to take me there and back. I got a house. I got indoor plumbing. I got my electricity. Works great. This is fantastic. I'm living the dream here. This is great. And I go home, and after working hard, I can put on my feet. I watch the game on my flat screen TV. What have I got to be upset about? Why are they so happy? Perspective. Go back and live, go back to where maybe they came from, and try that out for about ten years. You'd be coming back here begging to get that job at 7-Eleven, loving it, man, and enjoying everything it pays for. This is perspective. Well, another way we could say all this is simply this: seek first, graduates and everybody else, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and He'll take care of all that other stuff. He'll add it into your life as he, as he sees fit and as you need it, and he'll let you enjoy it. Yeah. And, and, and that was said by arguably the only man wiser than the writer of these words. The only man that could top him on wisdom said that. That's the lesson. That, is a great, that, would, now that would make a pretty good commencement speech from the wisest of all people. But it applies not just to anybody graduating from this or that. It applies to every last single one of us. And we probably need that on and on and on as we go to remember the words of the wise one. Let's seek first the kingdom of God. And then I encourage you to go ahead and just knock yourself out and enjoy 
all those other things that are added unto you. Just don't expect more out of them than what they can deliver. That's a good word.